Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What up, TCK Potters? I'm your host, Sky Guasco, joined always by my man, Lucas Kaser, and you are tuned in to the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel at the Candlestick Kids, leave a rate and review anywhere you're listening to your podcast, and follow us on IG at Fantasy Football underscore TCK Pod, and on Twitter at TCK underscore Pod. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. What up, TCK Potters? Welcome back to the program. Very excited today. We have my very, very good friend and brother, Chris Benavides, all the way from the East Coast, Coming in from the Commish Fantasy Football Podcast. Y'all know him very well. He was on the 200th episode. He's been on episodes before that. We did an in-depth interview with him earlier in the season. If you haven't checked that out, make sure to do that. We're going to have another one because before recording, he and I just realized that we have a, a, a very in-depth uh, love for music as well. So we'll have to have a non-fantasy football conversation again real soon. But right now we're going to dive into a tight end premium mock draft to wrap up tight end week. Before we get into that, though, let's check in with Chris. Chris, how are you doing, buddy? It's been a while since you've been on the TCK pod. And I have to say, man, and I mean this in the most loving possible way I can, I can say it, you're a little more svelte uh, this time around. You've, uh, <laughs> you've, you've dropped a few LBs. Are you on that TB12 uh, workout plan or what, my man? You look great. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. All right. So first off, uh, I'm officially on the keto diet. I've been doing it for, uh, for probably three months. Dude, I'm down 25 pounds. So I know that shout, you and shout I are Shout out both- to keto diet. Definitely. Yeah. We, you know, I know that you and I are both on sort of that health kick, um, you know, and just start, you know, stayed in shape when COVID hit, you know, quarantine happened and I was, you know, crushing quarantine snacks. So I gained like 20 pounds in like a week <laughs> yeah. and a half. So that, that fucking sucked. But uh, no, dude, I kind of hit a point. Where I was like, all right, enough's enough, dude. Like it's starting to get back into shape. Um, so it's probably like two, I was probably like 220, 215 or so. I'm down to like 192, 193. So yeah, dude, feeling well, feeling good, feeling, uh, feeling like, you know, like I'm ready to, uh, you know, I could run a couple of marathons, maybe not that's aggressive, but so, you so, point, so, you, <laughs> feeling, feeling so you would say that, so you're pretty much DK Metcalf is what you're saying, but you're also saying, I don't want to brag, but you you're, know. you're also saying that you're, you're in the best shape of your life right now. You're ready for the, <laughs> you're ready for the 2020 season. Uh, you're ready to go. Is that clear? Yeah, dude. I'm dude. I'm just ready to get this thing going. Uh, I feel like, you know, it's hundred degree weather right here, right now on the East coast. Um, Ooh. we're just, you know, I'm inside enjoying the AC grinding out all the you know, all the fantasy football stuff that we possibly can so uh i'll take that you know over over a hundred hundred degree weather outside yeah and you y'all got humidity too yeah yeah that's the way it works over here man nah, it's, everyone's bro. used to it that that beautiful pacific northwest hundred degrees it's 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 dry little little breeze through the uh through the forest you, yeah. you gotta you gotta come out and enjoy it sometime man dry um, heat's just different man it hits mm, differently like it's nice like I lived, nice. In, I lived in LA for, I lived in LA for about three or four months when I was in college and yeah dude 85 degrees you can wear a t-shirt and jeans and you're fine but like, even even LA is sticky hot though because the fucking yeah anyway whatever get your point yeah <laughs> get, get the point it's not All like right. east coast i'll just say that <laughs> fair enough fair enough when i was touring as a musician man we would end up in like minnesota uh north dakota the midwest um texas and shit in the summer or florida or whatever when we were touring 
if we didn't get out in time, man, it was brutal. Yeah, (laughs) it was brutal. So, all right, y'all, let's get into this episode 235 of the TCK pod. We're going to be breaking down a tight end premium mock draft. I've got up here on the screen for the YouTubers per usual. We've got the fantasy football draft wizard. Again, I have to say this because I feel it's professional to do so. They are not a sponsor yet, but Bobby and tags. If you're hearing us, Kyle Yates, throw us a package. We'd be much appreciated. Feel free to jump on. We're using this all the time. Now I'm going to break down what we're going to do for the league here quick. And then Chris, I'm going to ask you kind of a, uh, you know, what is the benefit or uh, what are the differences in a tight end premium league? What does a tight end premium even mean uh, for that position of things? So get your head around that for a second as I break this down. So again, folks, we're going to do a redraft. So this is 2020 season here. Scoring, we're going to do full PPR. We have a snake draft. We'll have 12 teams. We're going to do a randomize here in just one second. You see the roster construction. One quarterback, two running backs, two receivers, a tight end. I was thinking about doing a couple different tight ends, but we're just going to do one for here. One flex and five bench positions. No DST or kicker for this draft for the sake of time and the podcast. Of course, we have all the ECRs wrapped up, ready to go, and the ADPs for all the most popular sites to help us get the most concise ADP and ECR ranking once we get into the draft. I'm going to randomize three times. We'll check in with Chris, and we will get going here. So if you're unfamiliar with this draft uh, app, first of all, I think it's, it's my favorite when I'm doing podcasts, when I'm doing individual apps. I know sleepers out there, ESPN, CBS, Yahoo, whatever. This is my favorite because it's so quick. It's so fast. It's easy. Again, not a sponsor. I just love it. And I want to bring value to you. So what you can do is because I pick 12 teams, I can pick any position here I want. So if I know that I've got the second pick, I can set it up that way, mock that way. If I know that I'm the 10th, I can set it up that way. Or you can randomize to just see what happens. So we'll do three. We got the first position. We'll do two more. Randomize again. Ninth position and one more. And we'll go with this one. Second position. So, of course, we're not going to go tight end right off the bat, the second position, but that might help us out uh, go tight ends or double tight ends on the back end. So let's see what we can get into here. Chris, while this is loading up, man, give me your thoughts in general on the tight end premium load for, uh, for drafts in general. Are you, do you like them? Do you not like them? Have you participated in a few? How do you feel about tight end premium in general? Yeah, so, so, the, so the Dash premium leagues, uh, I'm actually all for them. I, I find them to be quite interesting. Uh, we're, so my home league, and the more I sort of wrap my head around it, we're actually more of like a uh, QB premium league, right? So we give a, we give a half point per throwing completion for all of our quarterbacks, obviously a standard, um, you know, six points for, uh, for, for throwing touchdowns, but we also do one point for every 20 passing yards, not 25, which I think is normal in, in most leagues. Mm-hmm. So when, you know, when we talk about like a tight end premium league, again, I like it. I think it's cool. It gives a premium on, on tight ends, which, uh, typically are, you know, kind of a fucking waste dump after, you know, five or six. Um, so, you know, it kind of props up those dudes that don't get much love in the draft. Um, and so you have to think about drafting strategy a bit different. But again, like any other league, if whatever your structure is broken into, just make sure you know what that structure looks like and draft accordingly. So I think if you do that, everything kind of, you know, evens out properly um so yeah i'm all for tight end premiums although to be fair i've never really done one outside of mock drafts i would like to get into one that would be that'd be pretty fun yeah fair enough and and to your point really quick before we dive into this what we are going to do if you're unfamiliar with tight end premium drafts no matter what you're scoring you give at least a half point maybe a full point extra per reception to the tight end position so if you're in 
if you're in a, a non PPR league, you might give a full point per reception just to the tight end position. If you're in a half point PPR for everybody, then you're going to give a full point just to tight ends. If you're in a full point PPR, you might give a point and a half or two to the tight end position. Now, what that tells me immediately is guys like Kelsey Kittle, Andrews Ertz, uh, even Darren Waller, if he, if he uh, returns <clears throat> as he did last year, those guys are going to fucking skyrocket, obviously, right? But also what it gives us is that bottom tier tight ends who just are kind of like, eh, Jared Cook, you know, Mike Kosicki, Jono Smith, Blake Jarwin, some of those like on the fence, Hayden Hurst, Austin Hooper, those guys that were on the fence about, all of a sudden they become more attractive in the draft because they have more value, right? So if, if you give two points for receptions and a tight end gets 50 receptions, which is pretty average for a tight end, 50 receptions on a season, all of a sudden you're talking about 100 points just from receptions alone. That's a big exactly. advantage, obviously. And that kind of yeah. evens the playing field with these stud receivers, stud running backs, um, and quarterbacks as well. So I'm not in a, a ton of leagues with the tight end premium by any means, but I think it's kind of a fun strategy to, uh, to kind of put into a system. Like you just mentioned, you and I know your, your uh, family league has been rolling, what, 25 years or so with you and your pops? And yeah, hunks. pretty long. Yeah, pretty so long. So with that, I mean, you start adapting new strategies once you get into – you know, I mean, our league of record is in year 11, 12 coming up, right? Like we're starting to think of like, okay, we've done a lot of the same things for years. Let's mix it up a little bit. Tight end premium could be one. Dropping DST and kicker could be another. We used to have two defenses that we would play weekly. Uh, we used to have two quarterbacks before it was like a, a cool thing to do just to mix it up. So tight end premium is kind of fun. It's definitely different, but let's take a swing at it here today. All right, cool. All right, brother, let's jump into this. So we do have the second pick here. So as you can see, pretty, pretty chalk. Christian McCaffrey off the board first. No surprise there. Now, in the first round, we're not going to go tight end. It's not that drastic. If we were getting like five points per reception from a tight end, maybe yeah. we'd think about doing it like a, like a super flex league or something, a quarterback. But we're not going to do that. Let's make this one quick. Is there any reason, Chris, that you would think of not picking Saquon Barkley at number two overall? No, no. We got to go to Saquads. Let's, let's do this thing. Smash yeah. draft. There we go. All right. We'll knock it out here. So, Chris, uh, per usual, Chris and I are sharing a team. So, we are drafting together for one single mock draft, uh, which we'd like to do here to share this. All right, let's take a look and see who's uh, available. Travis Kelsey off the board, but my man, GK, and uh, your tight end in the uh, regime league, my tight end in my heart, George Kittle. We are in a tight end premium league. Now, before we jump into tight end, I want to take a look at the rest of this league to see who's available to make sure we definitely want to go tight end here. I can check out the cheat sheets in here, okay? Obviously, the quarterbacks. Todd Gurley, best available running back still. We have Saquon, not worried about that. Nope. <clears throat> Wide receivers, Allen Robinson, Kenny Galladay, Mike Evans, Juju, DJ uh, Moore. Great value, obviously, with the tight end, but we do – or wide receiver. We do have a pick in just three picks right now. And then George Kittle, Zach Ertz. So – I'm going to turn it over to you, Chris, and because we're doing tight end premium, do we just smash George Kittle here or – and then hope we get one of these receivers? Or do we grab a receiver right away because you like one of these guys more, must have, and then just hope George Kittle comes back? And then if he doesn't, do we have to reach for Zach Ertz? How would you play this position here on the turn? Because we do have, a, we do have another pick in just two picks. Yeah, this is tricky, right? Um, it, it sounds like it shouldn't be tricky, but it could be tricky because the uh, because of the way it's set up, we could we could definitely uh, we we could definitely stash a bunch of tight ends, right, and hope to get and like basically stream tight ends, right, in our tight end spot, and we could flex a tight end. 
later in the draft. But it seems to me like, I mean, George Kittle is sort of a no-brainer inside of, especially in, in a league like this where the way it's structured, I'm not even necessarily like worried about the wide receivers on the board because there's plenty of them. Like there's plenty of upside. Obviously this mock draft, it went uh, running back heavy. So um, the fact that we even got Saquon is great. I say we just go with the next get, best guy who, pro, who to me is going to end up as the tight end one this season. So... <laughs> Love that, my man. Love that. Yeah. All right, we'll go with George Kittle here. Now, if you're unfamiliar with this and you're watching on YouTube, of course, podcasters, I'll break it down for you best I can, as I always do. On YouTube, though, you can break this down here, right? So this is the ECR. So the ECR has George Kittle as 17th best. Now, that's overall, right? Overall ranking. He's got uh, 17th best and then 21st worst. So he's right up in that. Fifth, strength of schedule. Love that. I know Chris isn't necessarily a huge fan, which I can uh, respect, but I do like that at the tight end position. These onesie positions, I think it does matter more so uh, than not. Also, something interesting to look at here, the ECR projection is 236 points for George Kittle. Now, I'm looking down the list here at premier, uh, premier wide receivers. That's more points, technically, than Allen Robinson, maybe Kenny Galladay, other things like that. So, even though uh, the ECR is suggesting we take Allen Robinson, they do not know that secretly we are doing a tight end premium draft. So we are going to go with George Kittle here. I think that's a no-brainer as well. Man, in this format, I feel really good about Saquon and George Kittle. Um, now, coming we, up around the corner. Here. Yeah. Now we come around the corner, man. Now here's another tough decision. Anytime Patrick Mahomes is on the board or Lamar Jackson is on the board in the third round, I have this like – glitch in my system of like don't draft QB early but maybe I should draft those guys plenty of wide receivers obviously we'll take a quick look at the draft board Mar Jackson first quarterback Allen Robinson went after us both premier tight ends are off the board so we're not worried about that and we do have Saquon Barkley so let's go to the ECR suggestions a lot of options here man are you thinking we should go Patrick Mahomes here and go early tight end and early quarterback, or do you want to start boning up on some of these wide receivers? Yeah, uh, man, this is tricky. Um, so our, our boy Josh over at the Commission Pod, he broke down uh, if you were to if you were to, if you were to effectively stream your quarterback position, um, you would end up you'd end up with like a top eight quarterback from week to week if you just like streamed them off of wires. So looking now at Patrick Mahomes, I'm kind of like, man, it'd be awesome to have him, but that draft capital is so freaking high compared to what, you know, is left on the board. The fact that Kenny, Kenny Galladay is still on the board right now, it looks like, man, I don't know. He seems very attractive right now. 6'4", the guy is going to have Matt Stafford likely for the whole season, hopefully. Um, that offense just looks a lot better. Kenny Galladay would be my choice, um, but what do you think? I agree with you. And as much as I do love me some Patty Mahomes, I would have to go Kenny Galladay as well. If I – consolidate the wide receivers here for ECR. Kenny Galladay is the top wide receiver via ECR here at number eight collectively. How do you feel about your, 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 uh, I assume you're a Tampa Bay fan at this point. How, uh, how do you feel <laughs> about, how do you feel about Mike Evans this year? Chris Godwin off the board already. Um, yeah. I think I Kenny think Galladay yeah. and Mike Evans are similar, similar receivers with what they're able to do. Um, and then Juju and DJ Moore are kind of similar as well. Uh, I, I'm with you. Kenny Galladay would probably be my choice too, but how do you feel about Mike Evans with uh, Tom Brady? Yeah, no, I mean, I love, I love what, I mean, <laughs> you know, I love the entire environment, right? I, I love Mike Evans. Uh, we talked about him on, on the, uh, the commission pod with um, our ECR rankings. We basically have Chris Godwin going seven, and I think seven or six. And then we have Mike Evans just two spots later. I know a lot of people are fading Mike Evans just because like, I don't know. 
for some reason there's this like made up fantasy that Tom Brady can't throw the ball deep. I don't know where that's coming from. He is a very uh, productive wider, productive downfield thrower. And Mike, and like, again, they have a good offensive line. I think they'll be just fine. And Mike Evans is, is, you know, able to get down the field. So I just think right now, Kenny, Kenny Galladay is in a better passing situation. That's going to be, um, that will likely, you know, produce more fantasy points for the 2020 season. Again, it's like, I think we're splitting hairs here to Mm -hmm. be fair, but Mm -hmm. Kenny Galladay would probably be the guy I go with. I like it. Let's go with Kenny Galladay as well. Tom Brady, seventh in the NFL last year in deep ball completion percentage. Maurice Jones-Drew was uh, on record on Good Morning Football suggesting that Tom Brady is going to throw 55 touchdowns next season. I, I don't – dude, he's got all the I weapons. wouldn't even be shocked. wouldn't even Bru- be shocked. I mean, Bruce Arians is going to let him chuck it as much as he wants to. He can do whatever he wants. He's going to go to the line and be like, all right, I'm going to call an audible here. It's like Gronk, just yeah. do what you want and put your hand up. Perfect. Exactly. Perfect. I love it. All right, man. Let's get back to the draft here. We have Saquon Barkley, George Kittle, and Kenny Galladay. We do not have a quarterback yet, but we have one of each other position. Let's take a look at the rest. Let's look at this. If you're looking on YouTube, you can see the draft board here. So uh, Patrick Mahomes goes right after us. Makes sense. A lot of receivers. All the receivers go after Kenny Galladay here. Zach Ertz and Mark Andrews also go. So us having the opportunity to double up on two stud tight ends, in my opinion, is out the out the window. Um, Darren Waller would be the next one, I guess, but maybe in the fifth round we can consider that. I wouldn't, thinking, do it, yeah. I wouldn't do it right here. Handful of running backs left as well. Saquon, of course, you know, a running back able to carry our team, but we should look at another running back as well. I'm just going to go position by position right here. I'll go to the cheat sheets so we can see these tiers. <clears throat> uh, too early for Dak Prescott, I would assume, correct? Yeah, definitely. Okay, we that. can wait on that. Now, running backs here. So here's who's available according to ECR and tiers, right? So Chris Carson, James Conner, David Johnson, Mark Ingram. Wide receivers, DJ Chark, Tyler Lockett, Terry McLaurin, Devontae Parker, DK Metcalf. Then we have Darren Waller, Evan Ingram, and Tyler Higby on the other side. We got pretty much on the turn here. We got two picks in four total picks. I'm thinking we should go wide receiver or running back and then Darren Waller if he doesn't get picked. If he does get picked, we'll just get a running back and a receiver. Chris, I'll turn it over to you for one of the picks and then I will t- I'll make the uh, next one. Okay. Um, so again, we, we talked about this on uh, an episode that we you know, recorded recently that'll go on the commission pod and um, you can repurpose that one, obviously, if you'd like to. I'm not in love with Chris Carson. I'm not in love with James Conner. Um, I think the, the the only guy like I would really kind of consider just based on volume is David Montgomery, but we can probably punt on him for now. He'll, he, we'll probably miss on him is my guess because if we're going to go Darren Waller in the fifth, which I actually agree with, um, to me, I, I like the DJ Chark pick. He's kind of my dark horse for a potential top 12 finish this season love just it. based on the game script. We could also go Tyler Lockett just based on the efficiencies with Russell Wilson. I'm just not in love with the running backs right there. I think with the fact of having Saquon with that spot locked up, we can probably get like a Kareem Hunt, a Cam Akers, a James White later in the draft and be fine with that. So my guess is, you know, let's get that solid wide receiver pick here. Um, And I'd probably go DJ Chark or Tyler Lockett here. Cool. I'm going to pass on Tyler Lockett only because – Again, I just think that DK Metcalf becomes that new, that new new there for Tyler Lockett. He's been amazing. Yeah, um, that's fair. But he's had limited, uh, uh, limited competition since Doug Baldwin went out. 
and DK Metcalf kind of took about a half to get going. Last night, actually, on NFL Network, they or in NFL Network in general, they have been playing kind of a recap of um, the NFL playoffs last year. And I watched every play of the Eagles and Seahawks playoff game. Carson Wentz went down with the, the clowny knee to the back of the – or the helmet to the helmet yep. uh, concussion. DK Metcalf, dude, 160 yards. He was He's, fucking smashing. Balled out. Smashing. Yeah. <laughs> and, and after the game, they had some pressers, you know, and – and DK had this great play and, and basically they were, you know, Lisa Soldier was like, Hey, you know, did you know this play was going to come to you? Blah, blah. He's like, yeah, as soon as he called it, I mean, Russ kind of just gave me that look and he knew he was going to chuck it. And Russ threw this fucking ball 40 yards. DK caught it, you know, Willie Mays style, if you will, and ended up beasting into the end zone. And I think that's going to happen more and more uh, moving forward. So I'm going to pass on Tyler Lockett. ECR actually has him one spot higher uh, yeah. for the percentage, but they have, uh, your boy DJ Chark at 21, Lockett at 22. I'm with you, man. Let's ride the Minshew train. I'm going to go with DJ Chark. I think that's a great second number two with a big-time upside. And, of course, uh, no surprise here, Darren Waller's still available. Now, I guess my next question is going to be, before we do this, we have all these picks until the sixth round. Do you think there's a chance that Darren Waller comes back to us? And if he doesn't, are there any middle-tier tight ends that you would be excited to get or if we don't get Darren Waller this round or next round we punt and we just pick up like two uh two more so three total tight ends of that like you know uh Hawkinson Fant Goddard John o. Smith right. Doyle Blake Jarwin tier yeah I mean do like there are some like I mean there's some great tight ends that that stand out I don't know that I don't know. I don't, yeah, it's a tough one, man. Like, you know, we could go Darren Waller and, and see some good volume upside. Like, you know, outside of Henry Ruggs and I don't even know. Hunter, Hunter Renfrew is going to be the guy. They, they say that's that what I'm thinking, right? Josh, it's like, J- Josh Jacobs is supposed to get more work in the pass game, but we hear that every year. They did bring in, um, or they have uh, Washington, of course, still, and, and Dylan Rich- or Washington right. starters in Kansas City, but they have um, uh, Richard and uh, they drafted. Um, Lynn Bowden as well, who's kind of a hybrid wide receiver. Uh, sure. So, you know, Brian Edwards, I think, out of South Carolina, another rookie receiver that they drafted, I think is going to be a fucking animal too. So Darren Waller is kind of a, a push for me. Um, I'm looking at these running backs. Just I want to bring this up again because they're all going to be gone, I think, after this next two rounds. Yeah. Other than maybe Singletary, maybe Ingram, maybe – uh, David Montgomery, but you know, again, James Conner, while he's healthy, even if it's for six games, is going to be a bell cow. Um, he so let me ask you a question. And- yeah, on this one, on on the running back one, if we were to peel this apart, uh, I, again, like I, I actually agree with you here. I, I would probably, even though it's tight end premium, I feel like there are good tight ends still left. Of, we do available. have George Kittle too, so we're pretty dialed, that's, dude. That's what I'm saying, right? It's like, all right, so if we need to, you know, beef up on the RB spot. Um, I guess who do you like better? Do you like David Johnson or James Conner? This, you know, it's kind of tricky for me personally. I would like James Conner. I would, and and okay. and here's why. I understand he's had the injury concerns. David Johnson has also though. Mark Ingram, I love, but I think we can get him in like the seventh, maybe, and then we're gonna get J.K. Dobbins eventually anyway. Because I just have this. Uh, you know, if we get Ingram, we have to get J.K. Dobbins, kind of a thing. David yeah, Montgomery okay. can fall a little bit too, and I think I think David Montgomery's got the most upside of this entire group, but he's right. going later right just because we don't know what's going on with the bears offense sure i personally would go with james connor because again while he's healthy 
he is going to be the bell cow. Mike Tomlin wants a bell cow in Pittsburgh. They drafted Lil Bug um, McFarlane, but honestly, I don't see – he's not the actual handcuff. You know, like I don't think – James Conner does things that nobody else on the team does other than Benny Snell. And Benny Snell's not good. Jalen Samuels no. is the pass catching back. For me, while they're healthy, Big Ben is back. The Steelers are kind of obviously have a lot to fucking recover from last year. Even if it's six games, man, I think James Conner is going to be that guy. And if he gets hurt, we're six games into the season. There's going to be some waiver options. Maybe we pick somebody up at that point. Um, David Johnson, I don't hate, but I, I just I'm let's not smash excited it, dude. about either. So I'm going to go smash James it. Conner. I like it. Cool. All right. Moving on here. Let all these let all these trickle down. There goes my boy DK. Every time DK Metcalf passes on the board and I don't pick him, I just feel like sad for some reason. <laughs> it's really it's really disappointing. Eric is uh, Eric's big on on DK oh, Metcalf dude, this he season. He so. should be. Jesus Christ. Yep. Um, okay, so here we go. We're looking at the draft board here. We have Saquon, George Kittle, Kenny Galladay, DJ Chark, and James Conner. I'm really liking this team already, man. And uh, you know, for me, and we'll see how you feel about this, my talk, top six quarterbacks are off the board here. Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, and Kyler Murray. Yeah. I don't need to have Josh Allen, Tom Brady, uh, Drew, Brees. I can wait a little bit later unless those guys fall. So I'm really looking to – we can go heavy here on running back, wide receiver, and tight end if it makes sense. Is that, that what you're feeling yeah. for the next maybe uh, two, three rounds at least? I agree with that, yep. Okay, great. Yep, I agree with that. Cool. Let's go to the uh, tiers here. Now, you can see all of the running backs. Kareem Hunt, Raheem Mostert, Cam Akers, James Wood, Julian Edelman, Marvin Jones, Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller, Hunter Henry over here on the tight end slot. I think I'd still be okay punting tight end for another round or two because I just would rather grab one of these lower guys who might have that spike upside. We've got the floor and the upside with George Kittle. So let's look at running back and receiver again, man. Anybody jump off the page here for you at either position? Yeah, like Kareem Hunt right now is like staring me directly in the face in the best way possible, not the worst way possible. <laughs> so yeah, I like I like Kareem Hunt right now. I think he's I think they're gonna have they're gonna mix him right into that fold and he's gonna end up what was what was this for? Like something like twelve points, thirteen points last year in a flex spot when he came in, like finally after after week eight or whatever it was. Yeah, I think you're gonna see a lot more of that this year. Um they're going to try to put Baker similarly to, to what we talked about with uh, Drew Locke. They're going to want to put Baker in positions where he can actually like, you know, build some of that confidence, um, not put him in like, you know, do or die scenarios where he's just like hawking the ball up and just like praying that OBJ can go up there and get it. Not that he can't, he obviously can, but I, don't know, I just feel like they're going to use uh cream hunt much more effectively this season. So he, you know, if, if not him, maybe there's someone else that we can look at, but I am probably, I'm feeling as our, why as a running back three cream hunt is a nice option and then jesus if you know if you get like a james white type as a running back four or even three you know that's that's pretty good so we go cream hunt here we have another pick in two picks i guarantee you that worst case scenario two of these three guys are gone raheem mostert cam Akers, james white i just don't think that's the case so we can probably pick from this lot here i'm yeah of course we love me some james white here on the podcast um but I would be fine with he Mostert. Uh, his only competition yep. is Jeff Wilson, so I'm not worried about that. Cam Akers, again, awesome upside. <laughs> uh, 31st strength of schedule, which is just something to consider. 
Also, he has a terrible offensive line with the run game. Also, he has two other people vying for his position, and he's a rookie with a funky offseason. So that fades me a little bit. But, dude, as a wide receiver or running back four, I uh, can dig any of these guys. So let's go with Kareem Hunt. I am with you there. I think that's a great value. See who goes. Oh, Brandon Cook and Debo Samuel. So we have all these running backs. James, or, uh, DeAndre Swift jumps up into uh, this general range. Before we smash on another running back, let's take a look at the wide receivers. Anybody jump off the page here? How about your boy, old man Edelman? Dude, he might have another good season here. Um, it's tough to say. I'm not loving any of them, to be honest. Definitely not Will Fuller. I'm, I'm taking him right off my, uh, my list, don't. that guy. That, that, him, and his, him and his hamstrings can, can take a hike. Uh, dude, I was fading. I was, I was really high on Christian Kirk, but I'm starting to fade him. If you look at the splits with DeAndre Hopkins in, uh, in Houston with his other wide receivers, they're basically non-existent. Right. And it's not just because like Will Fuller is literally non-existent on the field. Uh, like I don't know, for whatever reason, like DeAndre Hopkins is like a black hole of like, he's, he's a true, he's a, he's a true super alpha receiver. Yeah. I mean, he's, yeah. he's, he's Michael Thomas. He's, exactly. You know, and before right. Juju, it was Antonio Brown, you know, Julio Jones before Calvin Ridley. Um, now Christian Kirk, I, I think he's is good. a very talented receiver. Yeah. I'm not sure that he's Calvin Ridley or Juju. I agree with you. I agree so with you. Yep. Yep. I'm, I'm with you there. Um, Lucas loves, loves some Julian Edelman. Now, I like him. Yeah. I think there's a chance, honestly, let's go to uh, the draft board here. Um, there's a lot of picks, so it's very unlikely, but I think there's a chance that Julian Edelman falls. If not, there's still plenty of wide receivers left. Yeah. For me, we have three stud running backs already. A fourth one would lock up the position. In my opinion, we can look at a couple wide receivers. We got a quarterback to grab another tight end or two. And I, I feel really good about this team already. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, to be fair, man, I, I think if he's still there, I think James White's still there. I kind of like, kind of like James White. I, I like the upside on, on the PPR game. James White, of course. Um, and, and I also think they're going to be utilizing him quite a, quite a lot. He, you know, he's basically, you know, CMC light on the Patriots, obviously not CMC productivity or volume, but you know, uh, just like Tom Brady used James white, uh, Cam Newton was also very favorable towards the, the running back position over the middle. So that's, uh, that's his role. We like to call him, we like to call him James McCaffrey here on the, uh, yeah. here on the podcast, <laughs> uh, really quick, 30 seconds or less. How do you feel about these two rookie situations? Deandre Swift and Cam Akers. I like them a lot. I just think that there's a lot to be known. I, I, I don't know. I just rookies, Rookies are going to be great. I, if, if anything, I would probably end up taking Cam Akers over DeAndre Swift right now, just the way that the, uh, the way that role, just the way that role I think will evolve. But I'll take the veteran over the rookies. Got it. And he mostert. And he love love him. I just don't know what's going on there. Like I don't know. I don't know if they want to give him the workload or if he's too old or the injuries. I don't know. There's just like a lot of question marks with with mostert. Yep. Uh, I would just mention that I was watching the uh, NFL breakdown of the recaps of the pro season. I also watched the 49ers and Vikings game, uh, which was excellent in that game late. The Niners were kind of pounding on the 40 on the uh, Vikings. There was a punt and the Vikings punt returner. I forget his name, but the ball bounced off his chest and Raheem Mostert was there to fucking drill his ass oh, out Jesus, and he yeah. recovered the fumble. And that basically led into another touchdown for the 49ers, which pretty much iced the game. Yeah. But this whole Raheem Mostert thing, He's not like normal running back bitching about his contract, right? This is like right. he's been a special team gunner his whole career. And then he finally sure. was like fourth string. Guys got hurt. He eventually got a chance and fucking beasted, obviously. So he's basically just like, look, dude, you're still paying me as a special teams player, which is fucking you and my salary. 
right? Yeah, right. Like, pay me as an NFL running back, dude, because I, you know, if Jimmy could fucking make that pass to Emmanuel Sanders, not that I'm bitter, the 49ers win <laughs> the Super Bowl. And if that's the case, Raheem Mostert would have got a huge payday just because it's what happens, right? Like, think exactly. of the way we're talking about Damian Williams right now because the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. If they lost yeah. the fucking Super Bowl, we would not be talking about him because CEH is involved. So exactly, I think everyone just needs to calm down. They're going to pay Raheem Mostert. Everything's fine. Tevin Coleman's not as good. Jarek McKinnon is not going to last. Jeff Wilson's going to be a great fucking late round sleeper. And they have two UDFAs there in San Francisco as well. So Niners are just fine. All right, bro. Let's take a quick look at our roster here. We got, you know, uh, one, two, three, four, five picks left. We still need a quarterback. Second tight end for sure, maybe two more, depending on how this rounds out, and then another running back, a receiver. Or so we've got Saquon Barkley, James Conner, Kareem Hunt, and James White as our four running backs. Bro, that is killer, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. We have the rushing yep. floor, we have the touchdown upside, and we have the full PPR um, ability with all four of these running backs being great pass catchers. Kenny Galladay, DJ Chark as our wide receivers. Love those alpha receiver roles as well. And then my man, George Kittle, of course who could, you know, potentially finish number one overall for the tight end position as well. This team's insane. I don't know how we did this. It is pretty good, man. And here's the deal. We <laughs> um, we have we have uh, plenty of running backs, so I think we can kind of get rid of that position for now. I mean, let's take another quick look. Yeah, sure. T- Tariq Cohen, Matt Breida, Philip Lindsay, Sonny. I mean, none of these guys are too exciting. If they fall into the couple of rounds, I'd be into it. But there's a couple of receivers here. Let's take another quick glance at the tight ends right now. Hunter Henry's still available. Dude, he isn't Aiden even Hurst he, he, right he, here. Could be touched. huge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know you're you're fading Austin Hooper, rightfully so. I am as well. Jared Cook, he'll have a couple two touchdown games, but other than that, he's kind of fading as well. Take a look at the uh, quarterbacks. Josh Allen's still available. That's interesting. Plenty this this late. Uh, your boy TB, uh, Aaron Rodgers, and uh, Matt Stafford as well. So again, plenty of work there. Let's take a look. We have two picks back-to-back, I believe, correct? Just want to look at this draft board here. Yes, Pretty close, go. yeah. Ooh, Justin Jefferson went right before us in the eighth round. He is, he is exploding in ADP. That's good. I think he's going to be great. All right, let's take a look mm-hmm. at these cheat sheets, man. Why don't you make one pick, and I'll make the other. All right, so I still think we can probably punt on quarterback. I think there's plenty of quarterbacks here on the board that will – get us we, we can even make a quarterback pick on the next next pickup if you want uh let's see here i like i mean to be fair dude i like the sterling shepherd pick if we were to do that right now um uh we yeah i, I think so i think he's going to step into that golden tate role we talked about this on on your 200th episode right like i think he was a wide receiver 20 in terms of points per game short of getting hurt so, you know, if he sustains that, he's a top 20 wide receiver. And right now he's going off the board in the – what round are we in? Like the seventh or eighth? Eighth, yep. Eighth round. So, I like that. Um, we could also go uh, tight end here, right? So, um, at this point, having Hunter Henry as your tight end two potential flex spot play, um, not terrible. I mean, he, he's a guy that would, you know, have upside in receptions, pending staying healthy. Um, he's probably the best tight end – off the board in terms of volume right now. Um, How do you feel about Hayden Hurst? Just because he's got the big talk and go to Atlanta. And you and I have recently talked about uh, tight yeah. end position and things. And again, just if he gets that Austin Hooper workload, I think he could be a smash. And maybe we just grab him in the next round. Um, but, yeah. you know, th- there's also another thing too here. And I'll just throw this at you uh, that I'm kind of considering. Because Josh Allen is still available. 
Um, now there's plenty of quarterbacks. I understand. I'm down with like eight of these guys, but because he's still available with the rushing upside and everything else, we could potentially go quarterback, whoever it is, tight end, whoever it is on this turn. And then literally just the next three picks after that, we just do running back and, and receivers because there's a lot of handcuffs in here. We could grab, there's a lot of high upside wide receivers down here that we could grab. I don't hate Sterling Shepard by any means. I'm just saying like, if you weren't super confident in it um, because there's so many mouths to feed there, we do have Saquon already for the giants. Um, could be interesting. Darius Slayton had a great kind of rookie season. Um, Golden Tate is there as well. Evan Ingram. So if you want to go with Sterling Shepard, we totally can. I'm just kind of thinking outside the box that at this point with this team, we could just yeah. lock up a quarterback, lock up a second high upside, um, high volume with a tight end premium again uh, with that volume there um, position. I'm going to look at Austin Hooper, not as our pick, but look at his production the last couple of years in Atlanta. Let's take a look at this on the screen, YouTubers here. So in 13 games last year, he had 75 receptions, almost 100 targets. That's insane for a tight end, frankly. Almost 800 yards, six touchdowns. Love that. He had a career high across the board. If that becomes Hayden Hurst, that is a steal. I mean, if our tight end in the tight end premium league is getting 75 receptions on top of what George Kittle's able to get, it's pretty locking nasty. The, lock, it, lock in the win. Yeah, so – all right, so I'm, I'm happy we are talking about the Hayden Hurst thing. So I do like Hayden Hurst. Uh, I, I am going to – I'm going to preface the Hayden Hurst pick or a potential pick, um, anybody, anybody that wants to pick Hayden Hurst. So this is basically, it comes down to a narrative that we don't know is going to pan out one way or another. And so what I mean by that is, so again, our boy Josh over at the commission, um, he broke down a great uh, sort of, you know, numbers driven narrative that suggested that for every seven tight end targets is, uh, is where, you get one running back target, okay? And so what I mean by that is, is that the reason that you likely saw the Austin Hooper target share go way through the roof is because Devonta Freeman basically became non-existent in the um, Atlanta Falcons offense in that particular category. And therefore, you saw, you saw a swing towards Austin Hooper. And that's very indicative of that type of breakdown, right? So the seven tight end targets to one running back target. And so now you have to think, okay, what narrative is going to play out likely in Atlanta? Is it going to be Todd Gurley steps in and, and becomes Todd Gurley of old of sorts, right? And, and <laughs> hoards, hoard. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. We just don't know, right? Does he hoard up those targets that likely would go to a Hayden Hurst or does Hayden, or do they not do that, right? Does, does Hayden Hurst actually come in and eat up those targets? I feel like, I feel like I'm fading the Hayden Hurst pick after hearing Josh's argument and likely – leaning towards Todd Gurley will likely see some of those PPR PPR upside. Although again, I'm not entirely sure just because like if the arthritis thing is real, I say really good, like I'm really questioning whether it is or not, dude. Like I, I really think the, the arthritis argument was really like a mental lapse. Like this guy just like faded mentally. Right. Uh, since the NFC championship game. All right. I'm going to digress real quick, but like I don't understand how the best running back in the league is non-existent for the NFC Championship and the in the Super Bowl out of nowhere. Just like never heard about his knee once, and all of a sudden just doesn't exist. So I don't know. I, to me, it seemed like more of a mental problem than anything else, not like a knee problem. Hayden Hurst. It all affects Hayden Hurst. I don't know. I think that's the big question mark. That's why I'm fading him a little bit. I'd almost like rather go Hunter Henry here instead of instead of waiting to get Hayden Hurst. 
Um, and then I'd almost say like, I would rather have Tom Brady than, than, than Josh Allen right now. Got it. I'm going to ask you really quick. Um, you and I have kind of gone back and forth on previous episodes and I know that you've mentioned it on your podcast and I'm pretty vocal about it on our podcast. I am not somebody that, that values strength of schedule and fantasy strength of schedule to the point of insanity where I'm drafting a running back eight spots heavier because he has four more positive games than somebody else. Right? Like, However, at the tight end position and the quarterback position, and especially DSTs, I think it matters the most because sure. it's one single position. And with quarterbacks, if you're playing a secondary that is just fucking beastly all over the place, like that is a problem for your quarterback, period. I don't give a shit who you are. Like uh, um, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, these guys have been shut down. Russell Wilson, they have been shut down per certain opponents over the years because it's just a bad week. That's why fantasy football, that's why we stream quarterbacks. Sure. Tight end, the same thing, all right? Uh, Kelsey and Kittle are not Kelsey and Kittle every single week because sometimes they face two or three running backs, two or three safeties that can straight up lock them down, and that matters. DSTs obviously is a whole other conversation, but that is another big one versus a juggernaut offense or a shitty offense. I digress. Chris, I want to get your take really quick, and I know this is kind of a rabbit hole, so we don't have to go too nuts on it, but – I've referenced you and the commission yeah. crew a number of times on our podcast of like, you don't necessarily put so much value into that with drafting where I do. Yeah, so I sure. Think this is a great position. And the reason I bring it up right now is because I look at Hayden Hurst. And I think the narratives that you just mentioned are all valid. I agree with you. For me, he has the 32nd. So the worst strength of schedule. Now, if you don't believe in it and you don't think it fucking matters, then don't listen to me. If you do yeah. think it matters, then that's a problem. First two games, and this is based on prediction of this coming season for Fantasy Pros, right? Seattle and Dallas should be okay. After that, Chicago, Green Bay, Carolina, at Minnesota, Detroit, at Carolina, Denver. If you're looking at the screen, all these reds, those are negative or like bottom 10 matchups against the tight end position specifically. Also, I want to take a look after this. After the bye week, they've got at the Chargers in your fantasy uh, runner-up game, and then they have at Kansas City uh, in your championship game. The reason I bring those up is because they're outside. And we know that Matt Ryan and the Falcons in general, like Drew Brees and Matt Stafford and many other indoor teams, struggle outside, especially at a place like Arrowhead Stadium, right? So I'm not going to not draft a player because he plays the Chiefs on the road in the championship game of the fantasy team. That's ridiculous. It's just something right. to monitor because yeah, of other sure. options. Also – we do have fucking George Kittle. So this might be a 20-minute rant tangent of fucking nothing, but I think it's important to bring up in general. Is, so I'd, yeah. like to hear, I'd like to hear your idea on strength of schedule and why, if I'm correct, uh, you don't put much value into it. Yeah, sure. So I, I, I'll start off by saying this. It actually is important to kind of peel back these layers because when you're in the middle of your draft, you don't have time to think about all of this stuff, Right. But when you're, when you're still just doing your research in August, you know, July and August and you're taking your time, it's, it's good to hear people like us talk through these types of things that actually kind of do matter. I, and so that's the thing. To me, it, they do matter. How much they matter, I think, is where we differ. I will say this. Um, I've only done research. I've only pulled the numbers for, for strength of schedule as it applies to – a team's win or loss percentage. 
right? And so this is overall team. It's actually not necessarily based on fantasy impact, okay? So what I mean by that is, and I have it in one of our episodes in the commish pod, and I don't have the numbers in front of me. Um, they're, they're somewhere off in space right now. But if you go back to the pod, you'll hear it. Basically, there is actually zero correlation between a team's win or loss percentages based on their end of year finish, based on the defensive, um, or sorry, the strength of schedules that appeared before them, before the season started, right? So for example, I think one of the examples I gave was like, the New Orleans Saints have routinely had one of the hardest strength of schedules, but yet they routinely end up as like an 11 in four, whatever, 11 in five team or, you know, a 12 and four team year over year. Okay. Um, and then on the flip side, the Cincinnati Bengals routinely have like the easiest schedule and they still somehow can't get out of their own way and still finish two and 14, three and 13 every single season. Right. And so what, and what, and you can pull that back and you can look at these numbers year over year. And what you end up finding out is that the strength of schedule literally is kind of non impactful from a team's winning percentage year over year. Now, what I haven't done is figured out whether or not year over year that matters from the fantasy football perspective, right? So when a quarterback goes up against tough defenses that are tough against quarterbacks, does that translate to fantasy points and how does that impact how they're going to, um, how they're going to perform week to week. I haven't done that type of analysis, although I want to. But here's, here's why it doesn't quite make sense to me long term, or at least throughout the duration of the season. It's because the, there's just so many changes throughout the year. And just the way that the NFL has evolved, the way players move from team to team and that contracts – um, contracts evolve in the way that players are either on a roster or not on a roster, whether they, they get cut or not get cut. There are just so many variables that take place throughout the offseason, especially over the past couple of years, you know, four to five years. It's hard for me to sit here and put a lot of stock into whether or not a player's strength of schedule is going to actually matter on week one, two, or three of a season. It could, but it's likely, it's likely just throw that whole idea or that whole script out, out and by week five because by that point, we'll know a true, the, the, the true team's um, ability to have impact on a fantasy player's performance week to week, right? So that's kind of, that's kind of the take I have. Um, and I definitely don't want to um, – it's not – again, it's, it's something that I haven't done a ton of digging into with respect to the numbers. I've only done it from tra- strength to schedule from a team's winning percentage. Um, but, but with that philosophy, my hypothesis is that it's something somewhat similar. So I think that's kind of where, where that is going. And like my next round of, you know, research, I want to take that battle on basically and bring it to the forefront of fantasy thought process. I think that's great, man. And I appreciate that breakdown because, you know, I agree with a lot of those takes. I just think it, you know, I've just noticed in 15 years of playing fantasy football, it matters. And yes, there are big names that move around. There are big defensive moves. There are big coaching strategies, which I think is a huge thing that most people don't even consider. I think the coaching moves in the off season are generally more important than the players yeah. themselves moving. Right. So I agree with you there. I brought, and up I guess this- my, well, I was saying, I guess my question just on this topic is, is, and this is something I just don't know. And I'm not sure you do either. When they look at these strength, the schedule breakdowns, are they all, are, are they factoring in like, are, for example, are they factoring in the fact that Darius Slay moved out of Detroit? Like, are they factoring in that Stefanski is now in Cleveland? Are they factoring in that Tom Brady is now in Tampa Bay? Like, are they, I, I just, I guess, I don't know. I haven't done the research, but, and, and I'm not sure if you do either. Yeah. Maybe they do. And maybe that's, that is something that is, should, should be said about these things. Okay. So I do have an answer to that because I've done awesome. quite a bit of research. So what I brought up here cool. while you were talking in, in uh, podcasters, again, we'll try to 
explain this best we can for you. YouTube, you can see right here on the screen. Um, now, this is a spreadsheet that I've created uh, just for our own records and, and uh, things here. These, well, this is all of the strength of schedules that I have broken down here for, uh, for fantasy football and things, right? But this is the NFL. This is straight up NFL. This is all based on opponents combined 2019 record. So this is last year's uh, finishes, right? So this is based on last year's numbers, which I think is the argument of strength of schedule doesn't matter because there's so many changes, yada, yada. This list is that. This list is it doesn't matter because it was last year's shit and there was a draft and all these other things. But according to last year's win-loss percentages, the Ravens, who don't need any help, have the best fucking schedule <laughs> coming into this season, okay? The Patriots, who could use some help, have the worst schedule. Now, I think we could both agree that regardless, the Steelers are going to win 13 – or the, the, the Ravens are going to win 13 games – and this, the Patriots are probably going to be 10, 11, maybe, if Cam stays healthy, no matter what, depending yeah. on this. But the Jets, the Dolphins, probably the Lions, the Cardinals, maybe the Rams, these teams are going to struggle with that uh, strength of schedule. So that is, that is trouble. Now, what I will bring up, and I'll just share one of my old spreadsheets here that we worked on from previous episodes. Let's see where is it here. Um, it is right here. Give me one second to bring this up. I was not prepared for this conversation, but I think it's an, it, <laughs> yeah, it's we're an, off it's, on a tangent, but it's, it's an important one. It's I an think. important one to have here. So, yeah, um, sure. and we'll get back. We only have about three more picks in this draft. I'm not worried about that. Yeah. Um, just let this load here really quick. So this is a snapshot. Again, if you're on YouTube, you can see these and you're welcome to screenshot and steal these. Anybody that's watching this, no problem. Um, coming up though, is the, snapshot of the quarterback running back wide receiver and tight end strength of schedules so i'll just take the let's take the running backs right here okay for example so washington technically now this is based on this year so this is the prediction of this year so this is with all the players moving the nfl draft happening the coaching changes the coaching schemes that are going to be put in place for right. the particular opponents so washington has the best um schedule predicted uh, for the running back position. Okay. Buffalo has the worst depending on the opponents. Then on this side right here, this is the playoff schedule. So the Buffalo bills have predicted yeah. the worst schedule from like overall over the season and weeks 14, 15 and 16. Okay? This is yeah. This is awesome, dude. Like I'm looking at this here. So, all right, this would be, this would be a great start to like what I just talked about in terms of like doing this type of analysis. Mm -hmm. I think what we would have to do with this type of research. And if, for, for those of you who are not looking at this from YouTube, I highly, highly recommend you go to this episode on YouTube to see this chart because it's, it's incredible. It's like a Christmas tree. Mm -hmm. So this is, so this is what I would say to this chart is, all right, this is exactly what it looks like before the season starts. We would need to go through every team and their opponents for every category of position and do like the plus minus when they hit that team from week to week. So like Washington is going to be playing whoever on week five who all right, And so before the season starts there, I think they're six there that that defense is ranked six and against running backs. No, it's the sixth best matchup for the okay, running backs. Okay, right. Yeah. You would have to figure out if they're still the sixth best, best matchup mm -hmm. when that time happens mm -hmm. and then do the plus minus differential and then come up with some kind of correlation to mm -hmm. understand whether or not these numbers are truly representative or, or are they representative in the first quarter? Are they less representative in the last half of the quarter? Like, so on and so forth. Like, I'm sure that there are things that will come out of an analysis like that once you 
pin it together from rea- like to reality yeah, as the and season it, goes on. Another great thing from this is, you know, you could just take it, let's just take a random team and then we'll get back to this, I promise. But yeah. let's just take, uh, let's just take the Green Bay Packers, okay? They have the 17th predicted, so middle of the road, the 17th running back schedule, okay? For Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, Jamal Williams. But in the playoffs, right now predicted, and again, I understand this is 16 weeks later, but preseason in the playoffs, they have the ninth best. Okay, New England has the 16th best overall for the season, but third best in the playoffs. The reason it's important to look at this shit is I understand a lot of things change. Many things will change. Running backs will get hurt. Quarterbacks will get hurt. Offensive linemen will get hurt. Defenders will get hurt. People will get traded. Coaches will change things up. I understand all that. I'm not drafting based on these charts. What I am doing is taking a look at like, oh, shit, New England. Kind of a rough start to the season, right? Eighth best matchup, but then 18th, 24th, 9th, 27th, 27th, 10th, 22nd. But during the playoffs, 10th, 8th, and 11th, really solid right there. So maybe it's something like if Sony Michelle's worth a shit this yeah. year, he's somebody that's going to struggle because he does anyway. But I know that during the playoffs, he might be free on waivers by that point. He might be free in a, in a, in a trade pickup where I could gobble him up. Maybe James White doesn't catch fucking 80 balls, but he might in the playoffs because that's what they do. Right. So again, just trying to get a general overview. And Chris, you mentioned this yeah. in the beginning of the episode. Like When you're preparing for your drafts, that's when these charts matter. When I get into my draft, I'm not sitting here being like, oh, no. well, yeah. Arizona's <laughs> fifth best, you know, but uh, Carolina – is way down here, right? They're the 29th. So I'm going to go <laughs> right. Kenyon Drake over Christian McCaffrey. That's not what I'm it's saying. It's insane. Yeah, of course. But again, it's it's a synopsis. And again, we have uh, every position here uh, broken down, which helps just tremendously. This is great, dude. Yeah. And no, again, this is, the yeah. whole reason, sorry to cut you off, the whole reason we, I brought this whole thing up and we're on this fucking tangent is I looked down here and I saw this weeks ago and it made me nervous. This is Hayden Hurst, dead last for tight ends at the, at the, at the uh, strength of schedule. That's a problem for me. Okay, so yeah, I'm looking sure. at 20th, 25th, 8th, 23rd, 12th, 28th, 7, 10, 27, 26, 24, even in the playoffs, 11, 22, and 16, not sexy, right? Somebody else like, uh, let's, take, let's take your boy Aussie Aussie. Devin Aussie Aussie. Who's nobody's going to draft. But if I look right. at the very end of this in the playoffs, he's got the number one predicted schedule, right? Sure. Depending, on that, um, depending on that particular matchup and, and set of teams that he's going to play. So, it's yeah. not the end all be all, but I, but I do like this. Dude. Enough, it's a, it doesn't get enough rep for me in fantasy football. Yeah. I, look, I, I do like, I do like the breakdown. I think it does tell part of the story. I think that's a little bit of what I was trying to get out with the percentage of wins uh, or win percentage, win percentage for um, NFL teams. Uh, but I, but I do think that we need to uh, collectively dude. this would even be an awesome project for, for just like a TCK commish pod to every week go in and try to figure out what was reality based on hypothesis from the beginning of the season and break that down. And then do by, by 2021, you know, we'll be the fucking dudes that can either, you know, support this or not support this as the season goes on, because there is something there to this. Like there, there is something to the strength of schedule, how much that fluctuates from week to week based on position, you know, positions and from team to team we'll say a lot, right? It's like, you know, maybe, maybe this is less, um, you know, maybe this is uh, the quarterback ranking charts are less sensitive because quarterbacks are quarterback. Like the quarterback is who they are as opposed to running backs who are much more, um, you know, dependent on game script as an example. So there's just a lot of things that, you know, we can probably pull out of that as the season goes. 
Yeah, and, and again, uh, you know, we have done on the TCK pod, Lucas and I have done uh, many episodes breaking down fantasy strength of schedule, NFL strength of schedule, pre and post draft, NFL draft, you know, but maybe Chris, uh, you guys are, you know, obviously I can send you these charts. You're welcome to use them and do your own analysis on it. Or you and I can jump back on and do just a full, you know, strength of schedule breakdown. And maybe we can just get it for recording and see how we feel about things. But I think that would be a, a good call. All right, man, quite the tangent, but let's get back to this draft. Uh, we can just bust out the next five picks here pretty quickly. You're mentioning Sterling Shepard. ECR has him as the fifth overall pick in this group. Plenty of quarterbacks left. Another tight end late. We can do that later. Uh, yeah. Sterling Shepard is good. Do you agree? I would either go with Sterling Shepard or Hunter Henry here if we're going to go tight end premium, but it's your call. Okay, I am going to – I'm a little concerned about Hunter Henry still. I sure. love him as an athlete. He's had a tough time staying healthy, unfortunately. And uh, with um, uh, with Tyrod Taylor being in there, I mean, Charles Clay had some decent seasons with him in Buffalo, but I don't think he ever had over 600 receiving yards. I'm going to punt it. There's plenty of tight ends late. I'm going to wait on that. Sterling Shepard, I think, is a nice volume play in PPR. Let's just go with it and move on. Cool. Okay, next up, we have Hunter Henry might even still be available. Let's see what happens. See, the lamb, Mike Kosicki, goes ahead wow. of Hunter Henry. So, for me, it's tight end or quarterback. We have Josh Allen, um, the uh, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Stafford group, or uh, Hunter Henry still. At this point, dude, I would be down to take a gamble on Hunter Henry if you'd be open to it. Um, otherwise, I'm looking at guys like Johnny Smith, Blake Jarwin, um, Jack Doyle. So like huge upside, but not a great floor. Hunter Henry might be a perfect floor for this. And then we can just grab a tight end later if you're down. Either that or, uh, cause you know, I don't know. What do you think? We're going to lose a quarterback here. Do you think we're going to lose the Tom Brady, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers bunch? We're going to lose Josh Allen for sure. And I'll tell you right now what the computer thinks because computers are numerically <laughs> smarter than us. So right over here, this is a really cool uh, tool that Fantasy Pros has for the Hall of Fame package that Lucas and I have access to. So Alan, it predicts, now this is not necessarily going to happen, but this predicts Josh Allen. I can go to quarterback specifically. Josh Allen is 99% likely to get picked before our next pick. So we're going to lose him for sure. Tom Brady, 58%. Matt Stafford, 70%. Aaron Rodgers, 58%. But then everybody else. So it's really kind of a, a toss-up between the three of those guys. Josh yeah. Allen's definitely going to be gone if we don't pick him. Do you have one of these four guys that you have to have? If not, no. one of them could fall into our next pick, or we could go with the later yeah. round grab. Yeah, no, I actually like the next round of the the next round of quarterbacks here, the Daniel Jones, Ro- Roethlisberger's, like even Cam Newton, dude. Like I think you know he seems to be on a bit of a mission here. Ryan Tannehill, I like Mayfield Goff. Yeah, like there's a lot of guys here. We can okay. we can wait on them. Yeah. All right. So tight end, do you want to go with uh, Hunter Henry then? Let's or do, do you it. Wanna... Okay. Let's do it. Yeah, I'll take a gamble on him. Take the upside on him. Love it. Let's take a look. <clears throat> so it looks like uh, Aaron Rodgers went and Josh Allen Josh went, Allen. but we still have your boy TB. We could do that just out of respect if you'd like. I'm okay with it. Or uh, Matt Stafford, and then of course that entire next tier. I mean, 55, 55 touchdowns sounds good. So. <laughs> <laughs> 55 touchdowns does sound good. We do have another pick uh, in two picks. I just want to take a look at the landscape here real quick. Wide receivers. Are there any wide receivers you have to have? Let me some Preston Williams. Williams. Marlon Mack, who I think is still a starting running back for a few weeks, is on the board. Um, Take a look here. Let me take a look at our roster real quick. Uh, We need a quarterback still. We have two more bench spots. Um, Draft board, cheat sheets. Take a quick look. 
Really quick here. So obviously all these quarterbacks are great. We're done with tight end. Maybe we can grab one of these late guys just for the last pick because it's tight end premium. Sure. Um, how do you feel about the rest of this draft here? Yeah, no, I think, I mean, yeah, Tom Brady sounds like a good option. Um, either Tom Brady or Matthew, Matt, Matt Stafford is fine. Okay. And then if you want, we can, you know, we can grab a handcuff on running back or we can go with a guy like, uh, you know, Slayton or, or Preston Williams. Um, my guess is we'll probably go with like a Preston Williams type. Okay, cool. Taking a look at the roster here. We have one, two, three, four running backs. We only have three wide receivers. So maybe we should get a fourth wide receiver. So let's do this. Let's go with Tom Brady. I can dig it. Obviously, we love Matt Stafford. I love Daniel Jones, but not to draft again, not to get on this strength of schedule tangent, but I should have broke <laughs> down his because he's got the worst as well for the first four games. For me, that's be, a yeah. problem, right? So sure. uh, Big Ben even is a great late round streamer, but let's do it. Look, 55% ECR, 55 touchdowns. Are we seeing a correlation here like that? I think it's, a, I think it's an omen, buddy. Let's oh, do it. Oh, man. Shout out to the Sandlot for. I really, letting, I really wish. Yeah, I really wish. Know I had when this I was team. six years old, what the what the omen yeah. actually was. <laughs> okay, cool. We're good on uh, quarterback here again. We're only doing twelve rounds, so we're not going to go super duper deep. Running backs here. Um, I mean, Zach Moss, Alexander Madison, great upside. Clearly, we do need another receiver though, so let's just look at that position instead. Um, right here, John Brown, Darius Slayton, Golden Tate, Preston Williams, Nikhil Harry, Miko Hartman. Who are you feeling, man? I'll let you make this executive decision. Everybody on the TCK knows who I'm picking, but you're the guest. Feel free to make the call. Yeah, man. Um, I feel like we have a lot of uh, New York Giants on our team already. <laughs> if we go, if we go Darius Slayton, I think he'll have a better season than Preston Williams. But I love Preston Williams, so if we're gonna go wide receiver, let's go with him. Love it. Let's do it. <clears throat> go back here, get Preston Williams. Then we have one more pick. Maybe we should go tight end one more time. We'll let you do that. Now, we're going to go against ECR because I'm feeling frisky. But uh, John Brown, I think big boom bust, but obviously he's number two now with uh, um, Stephon Diggs. And then these two wide receivers, they could be fine. Darius Slayton's actually, I think, still my favorite tight end – or, sorry, Giants receiver. Uh, but we do have uh, Barkley and yeah, Shepard. Yeah, that's the so thing. I do like, I do like Darius Slayton as well. I have him pretty high this season. Okay, last pick, man, at least in this draft with uh, just 12 rounds. Let's start to run out and see how we're feeling. Maybe a third tight end to swap in just in case Hunter Henry doesn't work out. That might be a smart move. Sure. So as you can see, if you're watching YouTube, this just happens very quickly as far as the mock draft goes. And I've, I've seen that, honestly, I think this is kind of the most accurate mock drafting in general to like real right. shit versus – Sleeper, that's just fucking insane. Um, okay, let's go with uh, the cheat sheets here. Again, I'll let you make the last pick here. You don't have to go tight end, but if you want to, um, there's the list. Yeah, sure. I mean, dude, I, I love the Hawkinson pick. Uh, I think he's going to be a premier tight end on that offense. Cool. Over, uh, over Smith or Doyle, who we know is going to get the work. Like Jarwin's got a lot of hype. Eric Ebron yeah. should be. They're all, dude, honestly, they're all a bit of a, a coin flip here. I mean, like, I can create narratives in my head all day about John o. Smith, about how fucking beastly this guy looks. He looks like DK Metcalf mixed with, like, A.J. Brown mixed with fucking <laughs> yeah. Derrick Henry. He's massive. Like, he's, like, another dude out of, made out of chisel. Uh, ch chisel out of stone, I should say. And then Jack Doyle obviously has another good narrative, like, with that offense and the way that uh, Hunter Henry was used in, uh, you know, with Phillip Rivers. So, it's kind of a crapshoot, dude. I think they all have good narratives. I'll take TJ Hawkinson. He's proved it. Matt Stafford, they're going to be throwing, throwing the ball a lot. Dig it's a good pick. 57% likelihood from the ECR as well. That's going to round out our draft. 
We got a solid A, my man. Nice job. Sweet. Um, I like it. So 94 out of 100. We'll, I'll let Chris kind of run through the roster here in just one second. Again, I always preface, even if it's good or it's bad, I don't take a ton of love and uh, likelihood into the Fantasy Pros draft grades because they basically grade you on how you pick toward their ECR. We did have a couple outside picks, right? We had Sterling Shepard. We had um, James White, who was lower. We had Preston Williams, who was lower. We picked a third tight end, which just doesn't happen, frankly, in drafts yeah. most of the time. But with a tight end premium league, dude, I think this is a stellar team. Chris, why don't you please run us out here going through the actual team, and then we'll get out of here. All right, cool. So, yeah, we had quarterback. At, uh, we had Tom Brady at quarterback here. Saquon Barkley as our RB1. James Conner as our RB2. Kenny Galladay as our wide receiver one. DJ Chark as our wide receiver two. George Kittle as our tight end one. Kareem Hunt as our flex spot. And then on the bench, we had James White, Sterling Shepard, Hunter Henry, Preston Williams, and TJ Hawkinson to round it off in our tight end premium mock draft. Dude, that's three tight. I mean, George Kittle's George Kittle, but if Hunter Henry plays 14 games, uh, uh, TJ Hawkinson plays 14 games, and these guys actually take the step that we expect them yeah. to. Man, we could have some serious tight end value. We have great stable running backs. We have great touchdown upside with those guys. We also have PPR running backs, which I love. Uh, and then our, our wide receiver core is studly. Um, in my opinion, I think we have two number ones for sure. Preston Williams, I think, could be the true number one above Devontae Parker. Yes, folks, that's correct. I said that. And then <laughs> Sterling Shepard, again, man, the talent is there. He had an incredible rookie season, eight touchdowns. Stay healthy, man. But if he gets 80, 85 receptions over 1,000 yards and eight scores, he's going to be a great you know, wide receiver. Well, three on our team, but in general, usually a wide Two. receiver, four or five on most teams. So yeah, sure. I think it's great, man. Chris, could, could, always a pleasure, we, bro. I appreciate it. Uh, 94 out of 100, great draft grade that. there for the tight end premium. Uh, this wraps up tight end week. Before we get out of here, man, please let us know where we can find all the commission tools. Y'all got a, a, a nice bunch of swag. I usually rock your fucking hat. I just gone through a move, so all my shit is scattered yeah. <laughs> all over my house. But I usually am rocking the, the commission hat. I got the fresh t-shirt. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, waiting on a, I'm waiting on a hoodie potentially because it gets cold as fuck in Oregon. We, like it we'll does get in those New beanies England. pretty soon, my man. We got beanies, beanies. bro. Like, yeah. yo, if you could help me out with a running mask, that would help as well. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yo, we're very excited, man. You guys have a great playbook coming out that I just subscribed to. I'm looking forward to that. A great website. Yada, yada. Sky's the limit for the commission FFP. Let the TCK potters know where we can find all your stuff. Certainly, man. I, again, dude, I appreciate every time I, I'm able to come on here and join, join you and, and break, you know, break down fantasy football and, and do stuff like this. This is also, uh, it's, it's a lot of great stuff for, on, on our end. Keeps, uh, keeps me sharp, keeps, uh, keeps the commission crew, uh, you know, rolling. And, and, and we certainly enjoy all the collaborations that we're doing with the TCK team. So yeah, go find us. Uh, we do have a new website out. So www.thecommissionbrand.com. Go check us out. We have all of our merchandise, um, all of our articles, our videos, everything is being published through there. We have a lot of, we've added a couple of team members now. Uh, Josh McDonough, who's our lead writer, Stuff. writes over at Dynasty Nerds. He's been crushing it. Um, we have now featured him a bunch on our, on our episodes. Um, of course, go find us on Apple, Google, and on Podbean uh, for all the Kamish uh, podcast episodes, the Kamish Fantasy Football Podcast. And like Sky just talked about, we are coming out with a weekly newsletter that's called The Playbook. It's the Kamish's official newsletter. We're going to be launching this out in a couple of weeks. So highly, uh, highly recommend everyone go subscribe to that. Uh, and we will make sure we get you the best quality content. And of course, anytime we're going to be able to link in uh, – collab up on just even on the writing side with everything that the TCK team is doing, we'll be sure to add that to the newsletter. 
the playbook that we have happening. So dude, Sky, thanks again for having me. It's always been fun. Always, man. Always a pleasure. Make sure to smash the subscribe here on the YouTube channel. Leave us a comment on how you feel about this mock draft. One of the better mock drafts we've done all season, Chris. I really appreciate it. That was a lot of fun there with the tight end premium wrapping up tight end week. Also, please make sure to leave a rate and review on the podcast for both the Commish FFP crew and us here at the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. We always appreciate your honest feedback. Find us on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore tckpod and on Twitter at tck underscore pod. And if you have not, you hear me talk about it numerous times for every single uh, episode, make sure to go grab yourself a draft guide. Uh, We have a preseason draft guide with just a month left, about six weeks left of the preseason package, five bucks. We also have an in-season package, which takes you from week one to 16, five bucks. And then we have an all in package for 15 for both of those plus some one-on-one coaching and honestly Chris Lucas and I have been kind of alluding to this and kind of suggesting it without even asking your permission so I apologize but I think it'd be a lot of fun that people can not only talk to Lucas myself and Dwayne on our team but maybe they could reach out to other friends of the podcast and get a second opinion oh, yeah maybe be that commission uh commission crew too so maybe we can double up for some of these listeners here that'd be the awesome TK pod draft guide so Love that. All right, y'all. This has been another episode of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. My good, good friend and East Coast brother, Chris Benavides of the Commish Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure you go out and subscribe to all their channels. Shouts out to Alec and Eric as well. And we will get you back on as soon as possible with the entire team. Episode 235 in the books, tight end premium. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. Big announcement coming up in August. We're super excited. July is behind us, y'all. Take care of yourself. Live well. For Chris Benavides and the Commission Fantasy Football Podcast, I'm your host, Sky Guasco, and we are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.